Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Monday, April 13th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know we're not alone. I know that they're helping me very much. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and ideas as how we connect as humans. And maybe it starts to give us a little light as to how we're going to get ourselves out of this mess and get back to work. Exactly. Email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website at producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with friends and colleagues. We want these stories to be heard. You know, second cousin Bubba and his third cousin Bubba Jr. You know, whomever you have, because we're finding that these stories are relevant no matter whether you're in the industry or not. Yes. Mm-hmm. So share, rate, and review oh, on yeah. podcasts. Please yeah. rate us too. Yeah. Lawrence, we had a pretty busy week ahead of us too. Today we're chatting with Nico Quinto from Feel USA, who is a cinematographer and a commercial producer, but he has mm-hmm. also retooled his production company to assist in the fight of COVID-19 by offering various logistic and fabrication services. It's amazing. I'm looking forward to chatting with him. I've been hearing a little bit about this happening in the industry, and I think it's exciting. Tomorrow, we're going to chat with Andy Wilcox, who is an agency producer, like a a pop-up agency producer uh, that works with a lot of different ad agencies and clients directly. And he's on the front lines chatting with them and having those conversations. So for the commercial production listeners, maybe he'll give us some insight into what those discussions are sounding like. And on Wednesday, very excited, we have director Michael Wittek. What I want to find out from him, because he's a comedy director, right? Like, what kind of mm-hmm. calls has he been getting? Because from what we've been hearing, there's still people or agencies or clients or, you know, people are trying still to figure out a way to do this. So speaking about what, what types of call he's gotten, but also, too, how is he handling, you know, the time off? Like, what's he doing? What yeah. fun stuff is he doing? So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, getting creative uh, with his iPhone or... Uh, <laughs> we'll see. We're just, we're just hanging out. I think he's drawing um, comics, but I'm not going to spoil it hey, for anybody. <laughs> that's fun. Thursday, we have Chris Weisenhan, who is a New York key grip. Right, Christian? Yes. Uh, he's pretty popular out there because he is one of those dudes who will do anything for you. Literally anything for you. If you called him up and said, I need this, he would come over and do it, but... <laughs> but he's also like terribly honest. So if he smells bullshit on production, he will let them know too. And that's the kind of guy mm-hmm. I respect. So <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of the, one of the first crew crew we've had, mm-hmm. right? We haven't really had a kind of a below the line crew person on just yet. So I'm excited about that. Oh yeah, I mean, and he, for those of you out there who know him, <laughs> he's excited too. <laughs> so <laughs> and then Friday, I'm very excited to have another director, um, Lauren Sick who is LA based or she was but she lived in New York forever. She just moved to LA literally 3 or 4 months ago. So that transition is, you know <laughs> right at this yeah. time and the slowdown of work, you know, it, it it's going to be interesting to speak with her as well. Absolutely. Busy week. Busy um, week. Chris, Christian, we took 2 days off. <laughs> and we had a lovely Easter Sunday. You did. How tell me How was your Please well, tell me about your, your well, no, <laughs> you should tell me about your positive weekend first. <laughs> okay. Um, it was just nice. Uh, we just 
I mean, it sounds redundant. <laughs> we just cooked food and watched movies, <laughs> which is what we'd been doing, you know, a lot. But uh, no, it was just nice. It was, uh, it's been raining, as you know, and on Sunday it was all cleared up and it was all sunny and beautiful. I sent you some pictures. I know. <laughs> it's just blue skies, endless sunsets. So that was just a really nice break. I only had maybe two existential crises over the over the weekend. <laughs> Where you questioned is, your entire existence and being. Where you questioned my, yeah, exactly. So that's on the low side. I know. Mm, so if I only this, if only you could go to a sweat lodge with a bunch of other Joshua Tree folks and get it out of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know, and I still ah. Uh, Katie stills on my brain because of the Why? the floating tanks or whatever she had oh, right. in Pasadena. We know in the valley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yep. so, yeah, Katie Byron, I think about you often in a really creepy way. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, anyway. So uh, for me, having two days off was lovely. It's all getting down the wire to be, it's kitten prep over here. Hundred times, like kitten prep oh, is kitten happening. Oh, kitten prep, right? Yeah. You've got these foster kittens. Right? I, well, the, yes, they were fosters, and we're adopting them. It's a big, long story, but and suffice it to say, two kittens are showing up here on Thursday. And what I realize is they're tiny. You just got to look around, make sure there aren't tons of holes for them to climb into. And it's been yeah. a, it's been quite the chore. So that's been keeping me busy. But today I woke up with a real deep, deep sense of frustration. That problem-solving thing that we have in our bodies, mm -hmm. you know, deep yeah. down in our very existence, is super frustrated right now by the conflicting everything. I've basically, you know, been limiting the amount of time that I look up current events because yeah. it can be a spiral. And yes. then there were several major storms in the southeast. Oh, I know. In a... Yeah. Just a lot of places where I know a lot of people because I am Southern and I just can't imagine needing to go to a shelter in yeah. that situation with a ton right. of people around. So I just, I think, think for a little while, the situation we're going to end is going to perpetuate itself. And the frustration I feel is not uh, being able to fix it. Nobody can. Nobody can. Well, I don't know. Well, meaning um, if I could do this. Right, sure. There could there could be some better there could be some better management and better leadership. There's some, um, but yeah, nobody can just, uh, just randomly fix. We it. could be prepared a little bit better. We could um, have a different tactic. You know, like there's there's many things that could, and that's of course frustration. But who's going to listen to me? And so that's yeah. where the frustration yeah. comes from. And not that I even have the answers, but I would work hard at trying to get them. So yeah, exactly. But yes, the weekend was um, great, and I caught up with some other friends that came up with a couple of questions for us, too. So oh, we can get into those in a little bit, but yeah. Okay. It was a good weekend. Good, good. This morning, you know, started back into the news and read some articles, and, you know, we've, we've been under a state of emergency in federally for one month. Right. And it was- Feels like so month. much longer. <laughs> and there was this talk in the Rose Garden from our leadership- about all these uh, private businesses like CVS and Target yes. that were going to like set up massive testing mm -hmm. facilities in their parking lots and mm -hmm. all this cooperation was happening in Walmart and that's not happening. It's not. None of, none <laughs> well, of it's happened. Or if you listen to the governor of New Hampshire, 
who is mm-hmm. Republican. You know, not that it matters uh-huh. either way. He's just, he's just like, yeah. we, uh, yeah, we received the test. We didn't receive anything to be able to take the tests or use the tests. But I we hope. have all the tests. So that story is being repeated all over the place. And, you know, any kind of logic or anybody that you listen to who either studies the economy or like if any specialty field is saying that testing is what we need to have before we move forward yeah. with any kind of plan. So we know where we're at. We know how many people have either had, you know, antibody testing or being able to test all the healthcare workers who are working in the hospital. That's still not happening. It's right. just, it's, Very we should not be talking about going back to work yet. That's just my personal opinion, but yeah. that's just in the time capsule. We'll just put it in April 13th. <laughs> I know. I, I, I didn't want to get so dark and gloomy, but yeah, yeah. I, I just don't well, It's Monday, know. come on. <laughs> I just don't know what the future looks like just yet. Exactly. Really don't. Really don't. So there you go. Frustration. Okay, well, a bit of good news. Yes, um, please. So in The Hollywood Reporter, there's an article that states, Mark Ruffalo, David E. Kelly, and more launch a COVID-19 relief fund for film crews. Wow. And so basically a coalition of industry producers, writers, and directors have come together to launch the It Takes Our Village COVID-19 relief fund for film and TV crew members left without work during the Hollywood's production shutdown. What it says is that they've launched two organizations, and this is straight from their GoFundMe page. So it's GoFundMe.com. It takes our village. So it takes a village, it takes our village. They're launching two organizations who are already on the front lines and helping below-the-line crew, the Actors Fund and the Motion Picture and Television Fund, the Mm -hmm. MPTF. Mm -hmm. Both organizations are set up to receive and distribute emergency relief funds to help workers in the entertainment industry who are suffering COVID-19-related hardships, already processing a massive number of applications for help from people in every corner of the business. They are, in tandem, applying the same eligibility requirements and dispensing the same amount of money, generally $1,000 for an individual and potentially higher for families. So it doesn't sound like it, it applies for commercial folks, but if you are you know, working on motion pictures or television, you might want to check out the Actors Fund and the MPTF. Go to their websites and see if there's a way to sign up or qualify or, or register for whatever aid might come of this. And then if you want to donate, go to GoFundMe.com. It takes our village. It just went live four days ago, and it's already at just under $600,000. Holy smokes. And their goal, and their goal is $2.5 million. It's well connected. So it's being funded by a bunch of celebrities and directors and all these people. And if you go into the into the donations list, you can go through and you can actually their names are in there. Like you can physically see who's who's, who's donated. Mm-hmm. So that's exciting. I thought that was really cool. I mean, hopefully some people could get some relief. Yeah, because the relief is literally trickling in. It sounds like um, the first twelve hundred dollar transfers were made. So if you have filed your oh, taxes. Wow. For 2018, 2019, and it was the same bank account or whatever, uh, ACH mm-hmm. related, I believe that you're going to be transferred the $1,200 relatively quickly. So if anybody out like- there has received it, please let us know. I have one and it's a little loose right now. So I'm beginning the research on it. But a very near and dear friend of mine, Erica Monhe, who was a PM freelance and now she has a, a staff job at a studio for a company that cannot be named, blah, blah, blah. So she yeah. was like, can I ask you a question? Like, of course. How does sick time for the state of California work? 
And I'm like, I have no idea. So I have a few guesses at it, but I just sent you her pay stub with everything, you know, marked out that should. So I'm not passing her information to you. But basically, <laughs> according to her pay stub, she has accrued 24 hours of sick pay. Interesting. So in theory, your employer pays, in addition to whatever their employer taxes are on you, uh-huh. they pay into a sick pay fund. And that right. fund is something that you can take. It's set aside by the state, I assume. So when you go mm-hmm. to claim it, it's, it's just sitting there and you claim it, right? So yep. her question basically was, again, those are all my assumptions. I don't know the exact way that it works. Her question is, like, what if people have been accruing this for a couple of years? Yeah. And they don't know that they can just take it whenever. And I was like, what if... <laughs> I didn't know about it. <laughs> I mean, I, I I shamefully didn't know about it either. I mean, I know we pay into a lot of funds. We pay into disability, right. unemployment insurance, but we have to look into this. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I think we have to look into it to see if it's something where they just call up CAPS. Yeah, and say, I want that sick pay money. You know, here are all the questions. First question, sure. CAPS, media services, entertainment partners, are they all paying into one fund and the state has your social security number and it's all accrued yeah. like that? Or do I you have to so. call each payroll house? Right, I'm just saying. like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, would... I, I think it's the same as unemployment. You're going to call a department ah. that they've all paid into. Okay. That would be my thinking of it. Well, um, But yeah, I just found a website here that's got a lot of information. So I'm going to read this after we're done with the episode today and, and we'll see what we can find out. Yeah. Yeah, and then if people can go out there and collect their money, I mean, now's now's a good time if you need it. So, yeah. Or it's a nice safety net that you know you have that you can take if if we get to that point. Either or. Yes. So So over the weekend, I filed for my EIDL grant for small businesses. I think you did the same, right? I did on Thursday, I think. It was Thursday, but yes. Yeah. And it was pretty easy, except the weird thing was that we talked about... (laughs) There's no... What are we? What are we? (laughs) Apparently, the closest job classification we could get to was event planners. Yeah. In the entertainment industry. Yes. Which, I guess, covers it. Close enough. Close enough. I don't know if any of our listeners have applied for it. What did you guys put down as your job classification? We'd be interested to know. Because that's the closest thing I think I could find. Yeah, because the only other entertainment was, you know, adult entertainment. And you don't qualify there, which is, again... You don't qualify. Which you should be able to because it is a job and it's a huge industry. And that's just, you know... Yeah, you pay the taxes, so... And it's not illegal. Right, but... um, (sighs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, So... I'm curious because it's a, you know, the turnaround on that has been taking five to seven days. So Mm -hmm. hopefully by the end of the week, we'll have some sort of answer. And I just got an email before we started recording today that I am now eligible to claim my first two weeks of unemployment insurance. Really? So That's fantastic. So I'm in the system, and now I have to go certify my first two weeks. All right. That's really cool. So you're making it happen. Keep you posted. All right, so we have the Take Action page on our website, producershappyhour.com. Click on Take Action. We keep loading it up with useful resources and places you can donate or volunteer, give blood, petitions for you to sign. You know what? The other one I want to add to it, Christian, this might get a little political, but the there's a petition for Congress to make sure that they fund the post office yeah. in this next round of funding. Yeah. Have you been following that story? I have been following that story, and I don't know why they would exclude it. It's very scary. And and 
the Senate has put on some incredible demands on the post office to mm. fund their retirement counts or their 401ks for like 75 years into the future. And so that means they've like gutted their operating cash yeah. and all that cash has to sit in these accounts. Uh-huh. And so they're on the verge of bankruptcy. And this is, you know, they're thinking that this is all a design to privatize mail service which means yeah. private company can come in and charge whatever they want. Mm-hmm. And that's a real problem when it comes to a lot of people get medication delivered to them. Yes. And so if it goes from, you know, three bucks to get your bag of pills sent to you, it could go to 15 bucks. And that's going to be a serious hardship for a lot of people. The other issue that is very scary is voting by mail. Yeah. <laughs> if that turns into a private organization, how is that going to work? So. Which voting by mail is is starting to really um, rear. Mm-hmm. That discussion is starting to rear its little yes, ugly head it's right a now. So big discussion. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to put the petition, if anyone is so inclined, to urge Congress to fund the post office. Uh, you can sign the petition, and that's yes. all I got. Yeah, I mean that's all. I mean, I just want to remind people that if they have one of their old laptops laying around. It would really help a child in New York to be able to do their homework or their schoolwork mm-hmm. on it. So yep. please consider donating to globetops.com. Don't forget April 13th, rent will be due in uh, half a yeah. month, let's call it. Yeah. And this is where, you know, the people who lost their jobs uh, the middle of March now will have been out of work six or seven weeks. So by that time rolls around, we need really need to have a plan. So any renters out there, please take action. All right. Should we get on with our interview? Yes. All right. Nico Quinto is a cinematographer and a commercial producer with over 11 years experience in the industry. He has worked on over a thousand different productions across every genre and subgenre of production. But once the pandemic hit, he reorganized his production company to create Feel USA. And Feel stands for Film and Entertainment Emergency Logistics, www.feelusa.org. Feel's mission is to establish and coordinate a supply chain of materials, labor, and logistics using existing relationships and retooling infrastructure of the film and entertainment industries for emergency relief and fabrication. Let's take a listen. So, Nico, thank you very much for joining us today. We'd like to start off by finding out like, how you're doing, how your family's doing, what's going on in your life. So, me and my wife, we live in a uh, two-bedroom apartment in New York City. Mm-hmm. We do not have any private outdoor space, so we're cooped up inside. Uh, occasionally, I'll go up the block to the, uh, we'll go up the block to the park, right. but uh, it feels more like walking through a prison yard and than, what, uh, you know, going out for a stroll. What area of New York City, if you don't mind saying? Astoria, uh, Queens. Yeah. It's not quite the same density as Brooklyn, mm. but it's the same proximity to the city. Astoria is great because... Um, there's a great park there, and it's a very family-oriented community. There's a lot of Greek people there. You know, I live in Bushwick, and, you know, not everybody's taking it seriously over here. So going outside sometimes takes a little bit of maneuvering, but, you know, I still try to. I was astonished at how serious uh, Astoria Queens was about it. Really? And we have a, a large aging population here, but they were all like, no, 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 we don't, we don't want to get sick. We know that this is a bad, you know, this is really bad. I, there was really good response here, which is one of the reasons I don't think I or that we 
were infected. They've been pretty good here. Good. Good. So you guys are all safe. You're all good. I read a little bit of your bio before we introduced you, but can you just give us a little background of yourself and your career path, everything kind of leading up until this pandemic took hold? So one of the one of the Facebook trends was name 10 that, you know, jobs that you've had with one of them being a lie. And when I had written that out, I'm like, oh, wow, these are good. You know, I was in medical device sales and marketing. It's like, oh, wow, that's a really wow. odd thing to have right now. Oh, I also did this and I did. So as far as in the film industry, I started as a crane technician. That was kind of, that was my way I segmented in the business. I'm like, there's probably not too many people that know how to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good place to start. Totally. And then gradually I transitioned, you know, further into camera department. The end goal always being a director of photography. But then the climate really changed there work-wise. I stayed in commercial world. And then I started producing because it was lucrative and there was a demand for me to produce. It wasn't one of those things where it's like, you know what, I think I'll start a production company. I, I've always right. really wanted to <laughs> produce commercials. It's just, <laughs> oh, Nico, you're the business guy. Yeah, you're going to produce this. Like, right. all right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You always got to... Pay attention to where the world is pushing you. And mm-hmm. if that's where it pushes you, then, then then you're good to go. So what kind of work have you been producing? Are you still mostly in commercials or other types of content? So I had one really, really big corporate client, and I produced international spots for them, all their internal content. Mm-hmm. Um, and we did this for two years. Mm. Wow. Uh, one of them, we actually flew to Hinkley, England to uh, Triumph Motorcycles. And wow. we were getting footage there. And there was another company, the Dunlop Pyres, we were getting footage there. But we weren't able to use the motorcycle factory for the commercial. So my wife actually recreated a stylized version of that factory. She's a production designer. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> what, is, what is her name? Let, let's Krista, get her, let's Krista get her. Brunks. Krista Brunks? Yes. Okay. Production designer Krista Brunks, great. And so she recreated this uh, factory. Yeah, at a uh, at a studio in, in Brooklyn. Oh, okay. So it's one of those where, like, we we've done a real real productions, and then all of a sudden the company just said no more money. Period. We're not spending mm. any more money. Wow. Out of nowhere. I mean, I know the, I can't speak to the reason why. There's reasoning behind it. it some of it has to do with the, the tax code. So I I'd never really left uh, being a cinematographer and doing that work either. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm IATSE Local 600. So mm-hmm. I went right back into that, no problem. Uh, put my production company for the most part on pause, doing small projects here and there. And now uh, you know COVID's hit. So now it's like, all right, well, what happens after this? Where you know where yeah. what's the state of the industry yeah. going to be? And we're kind of all in that uh, realm right now of trying yeah. to scenario mm-hmm. the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was that's pretty much what inspired us to start this podcast. It's like, <laughs> wait a minute, what is exactly what's happening and what's going to happen? And so then then the pandemic hit. Were you working on a project at the time or what was what was going on when things started to go down? I was already in the process of figuring out, OK, how do I transition myself? out of commercial world where right. I know there's, there's, there's problems. Uh, another mm-hmm. good example is I talked to a, a famous photographer friend of mine out, out in LA, and he had gotten a message directly from uh, a major automotive client of his based out of Europe. And they said, we're not spending another dime in the US this year. And it's hmm. a big one. It's one of the big automotive companies out Holy in uh, Germany. So wow. it's like, okay, this is not, you know, I had a, a major client that's not going to be spending this is another 
big client of a yeah. friend of mine that's n- no money. So it's wow. like, okay, we have to figure out something else. And then this hit. So yeah. I hadn't quite figured out how to transition. One thing I was considering was I have a business partner, Timur Savan, mm-hmm. a cinematographer. Mm-hmm. He's a tabletop mm-hmm. guy, and we were considering building a tabletop stage out in L.A. Right. But if there's no ad money coming in and it's, it's going to start getting weird, we might build yeah. one somewhere else and make it a remote studio if yes. we go in that direction. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Somewhere cheaper. <laughs> but then now we have, you know, I created this not-for-profit, and I, I think that the, I don't know if this, this is true for you, putting down my phone and not waiting for the phone calls and not monitoring for the emails has been amazing for my mental health. You mean in terms of like waiting for jobs to come in? Or are you talking about right now during the pandemic of reading the news? Uh, waiting for jobs to come in. That right. was my biggest yes. anxiety. I had a fear of making schedules, appointments, hangouts. It's like, well, what if I'm working? I up, oh, I didn't work in, in a week and a half. And, you know, I got to be yeah. ready for when the job does come. And now yeah. it's like, I know there's nothing coming for months. So I'm <laughs> right. mentally clear. I'm writing a book now. It's like, what is this? This is, this well, has never happened. Well, that's, a, <laughs> I mean, that, that's exactly what happened to me whenever I heard my sugar daddy Cuomo come out and say, we're inside until May 1st or April 30th or whatever oh, it is, yeah. or yeah. almost was a relief because for the first time in my way too long career at this point as a freelancer, I felt as though a relief Almost, which I understand that many people out there have anxieties over not working. Believe me, I need to work. But also it was the relief of like, okay, I know that I'm not going to be working for sure for the next 30 days. So does that mean now I get to do other things? And the answer is yes. You know, it's been a blessing in disguise, I guess, but also to understanding that I don't want it to go on longer than that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. You know what I mean? (laughs) So I was on your site, saw some familiar faces, and wanted to understand a little bit more about the services you offer and was also very, you know, excited about them all, but also did not realize that you were also doing something called Feed the Freelancers, which was super cool, too. So could you just run down exactly what you've done to switch over? So I guess I'll start with how this all came to be, how this started. Mm -hmm. My first instinct was just damage control for my business, finances, when this first hit, when we, when, when the reality was first setting in. And for the first week, 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 week and a half, it was just, okay, what we, should we move out of our apartment, go back to our parents right. in Long Island? Mm-hmm. Do, we, mm-hmm. do we shut down? You know, which of my assets do I let go of? You know, just it was all about me. And then my wife, Krista, she was uh, working with uh, Eva at ArcCube. Oh, yeah. Uh, making the shields. Yes. The surgical shields. Yes. So... She just runs out and then comes back with vinyl and other materials. And I, I see her in the, our second bedroom <laughs> making the shields. And I'm like, wait a minute. Well, you shouldn't be out running around in all this. Oh, no, they don't have a logistics network. Oh, my God. <laughs> right. And it just like in one second, it hit me. It's like, OK, well, they're going to need vehicles. They're going to need storage for all this. Mm-hmm. They're going to need people to source these materials. And that's when it hit me. It's like, OK, I need to start a logistics operation for emergencies and that's a great way to repurpose all the coordinators pas and then also just bringing the the whole film community together so that we're a coordinated response and not just fractional efforts right very similarly broadway stages um you know has luna lighting and during 9-11 they sent all their trucks down there to light throughout the nights so you saw something that needed to because 
you know, we could all be sitting at our houses making masks, but the logistics of getting them to where they need to go is just mind boggling. So once you started that, what else, what else do you offer? So right now our, our primary service is we, we have a, a deal with edge. We have a, a really steep discount. Yeah. Nice. And we're transferring that discount to other organizations and staffing them with vetted drivers. Nice. So you're getting the experience of these PAs that already know how to do pickups, follow protocol, and you know, sit in a right. van all day. And we're also sourcing materials for organizations like Arc Cube to make the surgical shields mm-hmm. and other organizations like uh, a new one that's uh, the Skilled Laborers Brigade. What is that? Alexandra Engelson. Mm-hmm. is heading, heading that organization. And it's all the tailors from Broadway and costumes making gowns and other garments for a uh, garment PPE. Right. Got and it. Masks. Yes. And actually their masks are really, really nice. It's like, okay, well, you're professional. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're, they're tailored masks. They're tailored masks. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Exactly. We were able to source fabric for them uh, and some other smaller uh, sewers. And we also got a big donation from Singer of uh, sewing machines and sergers. That's fantastic. And we were able to distribute wow. those. Yeah. Side note, I'm a quilter, so I get it. A hundred percent. I mean, what that means. And that's uh, that's crazy. That's amazing. And then to answer your other question with Feed the Freelancers. Yes. Um, it's really independent of us. So mm-hmm. we're, we're supporting it. It mm-hmm. was a, uh, a young AD by the name of Isabella Alaguera. Mm-hmm. She's based in Jersey. And she had found, you know, because I had put out a call to everybody in the film industry to, you know, to come together. She had reached out and I said, well, since you're just starting out, why don't you make this a feel initiative? Right. Put it this way. We already have the website up. We already have the community up. We'll give you our support and love and every, you know, all the resources that we can. And this way you have a home base and there's a team that you can talk to because she had her own team already. Right. And this way, it was like, all right, we're gonna, we can start to give you advice, get you and the resources you need. And mm-hmm. then ultimately, we helped organize it alongside uh, Adam Richland of Lightbulb. That's fantastic. We've explored, you know, the last few weeks, uh, Lawrence and I, we, we see that our community cannot sit idle. No. We're doers. I mean, it's just ingrained in freelance production that we, you know, we're always hustling for the next job, but also, too, um, we know what we're doing and we're pretty efficient at it. So it's hard to sit still. My union, IATSE, they, they launched something mm-hmm. called IATSE Cares. Yes. And it's a good initiative. I'm not going to trash talk it at all. It's an excellent <laughs> initiative. And Matt Loeb was right to start it. The shortcoming that I think Field does that they don't is that they're only union and the other, the other side of it is that there's two different types of IATSE unions. You have the unions that are venue specific, like local one. It's like, yeah, right. those are, they're specific to the venue itself. Yeah. So those come with production coordinators. Those come with leaders, right. each, each venue. Mm-hmm. Then you have the freelance side, which is local 52, local 600, 829. And the production coordinators are separate. So, and because they're primarily non-union, yes. you're not utilizing the production coordinators, their knowledge and their networks for emergency response so that's where feel comes in it's like all right no no no. this is the other half of it this is the missing component all the production folks who are non-union who uh actually do a lot of the work right i think what they're doing is great but even lawrence and i were just talking about all these gofundmes that are popping up which are great ideas they mainly concentrate on the film and television community not necessarily the commercial community 
or the content or, you know, short film, you know, those are all non-union. So banding together to help out is important. Yes. And how do you think the response has been? I don't know how long you've been actively doing this and, and working with these different groups, but how has the response been to what you're doing? So are we've been official for three weeks, or at least we've been operational. I should not official. We've yeah. been official for like a week and a half as far as on illegally, but right. we've been operational for three weeks. Mm-hmm. The first week, there was an overwhelming response. That, and when, as soon as I got all the leaders in the same room and talking, it was like, okay, there's the entire film industry is, is mobilized, but we're all waiting for marching orders. Right, exactly. There's nothing tying us into the, you know, the, the, the city, the state, right. and the orders that we have been getting for PPE are coming directly from the hospitals. Right. And oh, wow. sometimes circumventing mm-hmm. administration, like mm-hmm. you know, doctors are like, just send them to what, my home. Just, just give them, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Need them. Get them to I've us. been yeah. I've been getting that on a very small scale just from masks from posting on Instagram. So I can't imagine how quickly like you filled up with people needing stuff. And uh, and unfortunately, we could only handle so much demand. And it wasn't a matter of not having the labor or even access to the materials. It was funding. Just starting oh, up. Yeah. It's like, you know, I don't know if you saw the uh, Onion article coronavirus will exhaust America's uh, GoFundMe system. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if it hasn't already, but yes. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. What is your hope for the organization? What would you like to see happen? Would you like to to get tied into local state government or or federal or what's your hope for this? One of the one of the interview questions you had asked uh, was 9-11. And I was young. I was in uh, middle school at the time. But my mother, uh, a Fauci, by the way, not related, but a Fauci. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, she ran dump trucks out of Teamsters Local 282. We, nice. had, a, we had a company. Mm. And my mm-hmm. dad actually was one of the first responders for the cleanup effort. So wow. the game plan then was FEMA comes in. This FEMA is in your is blood. In charge. Sorry to interrupt, but this is, this is in your blood. But go on. Right. <laughs> yeah. FEMA is in charge, which uh, right. is not happening here. And they are sourcing contractors. They, you know, it was getting everybody in order and ready so that when directions from the state were like, okay, we need people, we need drivers to run things from hospital to hospital to spread out the ventilators, to spread out the PPE, to we need warehouse space. It's like, okay, I'm going to be ready to fill that need as soon as it comes. It never came. FEMA never stepped in, and the government. It's been kind of a shadow operation of what's actually happening. Thankfully, Cuomo's got things under control here. We, we we were preparing for apocalyptic, like, okay, do I have to get, you know, assistant camera people trained on how to manually operate ventilators? Right. Like, yeah. how, how what do we do to save our city and save our, you know, our communities? So the, the new goal of FEEL mm-hmm. is to bring everybody together, all these organizations. We need one umbrella. We all need to be in communication. Mm-hmm. And if there's a flare up, if there's another emergency beyond this, right? we need to be at the ready funding, re- you know, if, we, if it's a GoFundMe, we need to be able to put up a GoFundMe. If it's communication with state and local government, it's communication with state and local government already there. What do you need? How do we satisfy those needs? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's amazing. So if if people want to get involved or they want to help out, how do we direct them to help? Uh, we have a sign up on our website, feelusa.org. Okay. The other half of this is, you know, like feed the freelancers. You know, we're trying to get, you know, it was an initiative to get groceries and mm-hmm. essentials to what's become a disenfranchised group, which is the yes. you know the gig economy workers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my big plans for field after this and transitioning them back into the workforce is to find other opportunities outside the film industry mm-hmm. for people with our talents. 
yeah. for temporary positions. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. if the, you're having a dry spell with work, mm-hmm. I may be able to get you a van and working for another non-for-profit or another company, a startup that needs help. Mm-hmm. There might be a job to break up your time in the film industry. So it's not always a feast or famine. It's film or not film. Right. 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 Obviously, it's coming to light that we're going to be in this fight with this disease for a long time. So we're going to have a lot of different practices in terms of mitigation and tracking and support for the healthcare system. So I think that's very smart because we just don't flip on a switch. We're just back to normal and we're just, you know, waiting for the phone to ring for the next commercial. This is going to be an ongoing fight. So to continue those efforts and to offer people other types of work that they can take their skill set, their very valuable skill set, and apply it to you. I think that's really smart. You had a great mission statement on the website talking about how we are the most adaptable workers. We're adaptable. We come together very quickly, and we can tackle a situation in a matter of days, whereas most other industries doesn't doesn't quite work that way because that's just what we do. So I, I think that's a, quite a smart path forward because there is going to be an ongoing need for, for quite a while before we're back to whatever normal might be. Do you have any kind of vision of what going back to film production looks Looks like? like, Yeah, it's going to be dicey. I'll be honest. It's going to be dicey. And we have to be prepared for our government not to have our back. So we have to have each other's backs and we need to find a source of revenue to keep everybody sustained. And we all also need to come to the realization that we might not be going back into our previous roles. We may have to change industries. Mm -hmm. We may have to change jobs. I don't want that to be the case, but I went through 2008. That's the the recession. Mm -hmm. That's when I was first entering the workforce. And that's actually how I uh, became involved in that medical device company. There just wasn't Uh, enough work at the time. And it was, Um, it was weird. Especially in New York. It was very weird. And I think, L, I think you're, Lawrence, you're going to have an easier time out in L.A. because you don't have mass transit and everyone has their own little private HEPA-filtered bubble to travel oh, to work yeah. in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, us in New York, it's going to be, that's I don't it. know if, if you're not, if you're not working, actively working on a network show or something that's with a lot of funding, yeah. it's going to be rough. Yeah. You may want to switch cities. I'll be honest. I agree with that. I think it's going to be a slow rollout. And those who are in a position who happen to have a vehicle in New York or can uh, do multiple roles, I think Mm -hmm. those people are going to find themselves, I don't want to say set, but maybe slightly better off than the ones who rely on solely on mass transit or those types of things, for sure. Which for you is your your entire neighborhood. I don't know too many people in in, uh, Bushwick that have Mm -hmm. cars. Period. Right. She does. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Southern. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm one of those few people in New York who are like, oh, I should have a car. But um, <laughs> so I'm wanting to bring it back around personally uh, as we say goodbye, because um, it's been lovely having you. What are you looking forward to? You know, and we hate using the word normal because whatever we were doing mm. isn't going to be what we are doing moving forward or there will there will be a change. We won't it will not go back to the way it was. But once we start to even out and have a better sense of uh, normalcy, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to having our community come together. We're not going to be nearly as divided as we were. Mm-hmm. I think that the, the Zoom conferencing and web conferencing has become a social norm now where it used to be. I mean, I personally, I don't do very well on the phone. I like seeing faces. I right. like seeing smiles. Yeah. There's so much communication that isn't oral. Yeah, um, exactly. That now you don't necessarily need to plan a Starbucks meeting to have a meeting with somebody. 
So I think you're going to see a huge boom in productivity mm-hmm. with people able to work out of their, their apartments and, hey, do you want to talk about this script? Sure. And you're going to see a content boom right. and you're going to see innovation outside the film industry mm-hmm. that, that will bring the economy forward. And so there, there's, there is a silver lining here. There is a silver lining. I agree. Our community may be a little bit smaller, but it's going to be much closer coming out yeah. of this. So yeah. Nico, your initiative to put this together with the drive and passion that you have yeah. is really impressive. So I just want to say thank you. Thank and I, you. I'd like to thank you both because I, I, I read through the website and yeah. taking the time to listen to the needs of the department heads. That was one of the, the biggest compliments that I got when I started producing. Oh, you, you're one of us. So you right. understand. You actually listen to what we're saying. Yep. So to have yeah. producers listening to department heads and listening to the community, it's like, okay, this is a good thing. You're, you're doing everyone a service. Wow. I'm, nice. Uh, that. I mean, my <laughs> heart is exploding because when you mentioned nine 11 and his mom and his mom yeah. running teamster dump trucks, that kind of oh woman my is my kind of woman. I bet she yeah. is fantastic and does not put up with any shit <laughs> at all. So, yeah. I mean, when he witnessed that, when, and I think that's very powerful. He was in middle school when it happened and he saw his yeah. parents jump in and start helping. And he is honoring that mm-hmm. right 100%. now. And this is a huge service and it's giving people purpose in a time when people are feeling as though they're, you know, rudderless, just drifting along. So it's amazing. The disappointing part is to hear that there's no coordinated effort to activate the resources. We know that. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. But yeah, it's a shame that FEMA is not taking the lead. And like you said, we need to bring everyone together under one umbrella with solid communication and a plan. Yeah. And he's got the resources. The film industry's got the crew. We've got the talent. We've got the capabilities. We just need some kind of leadership to really help. But like you said, he's just getting calls from hospitals directly, which is great. If anybody needs anything or wants to contribute, please check out their website, feelusa.org, if you need help or if if you want to volunteer and contribute. Yeah, and I'm going to just say, I know I say it every time. Say it every fucking time. (laughs) And this gets old. I mean, I'm sorry if it's getting old, folks, but I can say that every time one of these interviews happen, I feel a different part of me inspired. And yes. this is very inspirational. It, it's great to talk about doing something, but, he, but you know, they're actually doing something. So uh, yes. if you can help, there you go. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's about it, right? Sure. Yeah, I think that's it for today. We'll have his information on the website, of course, and yes. we'll definitely post it all around so people can get that information. And tomorrow we're talking with Andy Wilcox. From Evidence of Industry, which is a pop-up production department for agencies and clients. Which I just, I'm very excited to hear what that means. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, and please, please stay home. Wear a mask if you leave the house. I think that's the most important thing we can be doing now on the same level as wash your hands and don't touch your face. And be sure to send us your voice recordings and emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Yeah, guys, get on it because we haven't received any in like a day or two. So we want to hear from you, please. (laughs) We want to hear your stories. (laughs) Exactly. We want to hear your voice. Lawrence, how do people reach you directly? 
they can get me at lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. And Christian, how do people get a hold of you directly? Sisterchristianproduces.com. And I realize that I've been giving this out knowing that I haven't touched it in two years. So on my <laughs> list of things to do now is to revamp my website. Update so, your website. <laughs> I, I know. I feel like I might be getting some uh, some lookers. So I, need to, <laughs> so I need to get on it. So yeah, I don't know how it took right. me a month to realize that, but here we are. <laughs> so, all right. See you later, guys. All right. Bye. Bye.